0: all right and we are live appreciate you guys tuning in today like i said definitely got a dope guest today so without well, for ado, my boy introduce himself what's going on man
1: yo what's good man tonight riggs uh got a phd in chemistry from university of knox uh, university of tennessee knoxville 2017 i'm currently a postdoc um at university of memphis uh my dissertation at ut was um in chemical biology i investigated <clears throat> uh mechanisms of lipid trafficking and lipid signaling and uh my postdoc work is a lot different (laughs) so uh my graduate research was more on the chemical biology side where my postdoc is now on the organometallic um just hardcore organic synthesis side so it's a little bit different but that's where i'm at now
0: okay dope um so for people who may not be aware what got you to the interest of getting into science and getting into that whole aspect in industry
1: oh man so <laughs> all right so <clears throat> i had a chemistry teacher in a uh, high school named miss kennedy and uh i used to call her miss chemistry and it was funny because like she was she was kind of like the first person that you know really got me into science uh or just like really really like showed me like yo you could do something with this and i'm okay all right this this is cool so uh, when I was in high school, uh, we we had different paths that we could take, and uh, chemistry was actually, so I was in the, I was on the honors college prep, um, I was on the honors college prep track, and uh, chemistry was actually, so chemistry two was optional. You had to take honors chemistry one, um, but chemistry two was optional, so I ended up taking both of them, and I I took the second one because I really enjoyed the first one, so that was really kind of what got my, my love for chemistry started and when I ended up going to college like that was the first like I immediately majored in chemistry like I knew that's what I wanted to do I knew that's where I was gonna go so that was she was really the first person that really kind of fostered that in me
0: okay cool so when we think of chemistry right I know some people I know for myself i remember taking a high school 10th grade one of the hardest class I've ever taken <laughs> life. I was like yo this is it I'm done um but what are the different type of concentrations that go into chemistry
1: oh man so like chemistry is a little bit of everything man and it's funny because like when you actually start working in the lab it's a lot different from from being in class because when you're in the lab you got to know a little bit of like physics you got to know a little bit of you know biology you got to know a little bit of yes you actually have to be a good writer you know so like when you actually start getting ready to publish your data and publish your results like you have to write all that stuff up so chemistry has a lot of different disciplines that goes into it Uh, so that's why I really feel like if people want to maximize their education when they go into college that you pick a hard science like that because the hard sciences encompass so many other uh subjects that you use Mm -hmm. uh and they and they use it in a practical way so it's not like you know you're doubling down on like art or some shit like that where you actually do have to draw in in chemistry you actually have to draw molecules you have to draw Mm -hmm. figures you have to draw shapes and stuff like that so there's a lot of different disciplines that fit into chemistry um, chem- and, you know, chemistry influences so much of our daily life, whether it's, you know, the clothes you wear, the food you eat, the colors that you see, like the paint that's on your wall, like the gas that goes into your car, like all that stuff has some kind of chemistry involved in it. So right. uh, chemistry really affects a lot of a lot of different aspects of our lives that people are not aware of. And so um, that was one of the things I wanted to do with with like my degree and be more into like the, the chemical education side of it and getting people because a lot of people feel like chemistry is the the boogeyman, that's the that's the monster in the room, you know, like right, any right. of those hard sciences, you know, it's chemistry. A lot of people are okay with biology, but chemistry and physics are the two hard sciences that people are like, nope, keep me away from that. Right. So I really wanted to show people that like you know, chemistry is is cool, like you do it every day. Do you cook? Yeah. So you do chemistry. Do you drive? Yeah, you do chemistry. Do you write? Yeah, you do chemistry. Like it's people just don't think about it like that. And right. so trying to trying to mm. you know basically make it practical and try to just basically bring everyday situations into it so people can see like oh chemistry is something i use every day that's actually not that hard like i think what pe- i think what really trips people up is the words and the jargon mm. uh, but once you get past that you start doing the actual practical stuff then it's is easy i feel like it's easy enough for everybody to learn if you actually apply yourself to it OK,
0: and that's real dope. And that was a really cool way for you to break it down, just as chemistry kind of encompasses all the various elements of like math, reading, English, writing, um, drawing and all those elements come together. And it kind of makes sense as chemistry is like, you know, the makeup of everything. So it kind of makes sense that it would involve almost the makeup of all different disciplines. So as we about chemistry and we speak about, you know, I mean, with science. Obviously, right now, we are still are we coming out of the midst of a global pandemic and <laughs> dealing with this uh, COVID-19 and this COVID <laughs> virus. Um, I know early on, I remember, you know, a year ago um, when it first started coming out, you know, I remember you would do some threads and stuff talking about this and kind of the, you know, the chemistry of this. So if you could, you know, explain for us in a uh, you know, non well, I guess for people who can generally understand it, um, what what is COVID from a a, a medical as, a aspect? Is it similar to the flu? Like a lot of people say, like what 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 is this?
1: Okay, yeah. So um, I call it SARS remix because <laughs> it's just it's a different variant of the original SARS uh, virus that came and that was in China. I think it was like two thousand three, two thousand. It might have been. It might have been like two thousand nine, maybe. Yes, it was. I don't think think it's been about a decade. So so it's like 2009, 2011. Maybe I could be getting my dates wrong, but there's there's the original SARS virus. Right. Um, came from China. And you know this one, we obviously have mounting evidence that this one came from China, too, that it leaked from a right. lab in Wuhan. Cool. Whether or not that happened, I'm not here to discuss that. But <laughs> right. um, it's, it's a variant of that virus. And essentially what happened was, was that with the original SARS virus, the original SARS virus is not as virulent as this SARS virus is, meaning it doesn't spread as fast as um, this one, as the new SARS virus does. The other thing about the old SARS virus too is that this, the old SARS virus is actually more fatal than the current one is. I think yeah. the death rate for that, um, for the original SARS virus, was right around ten percent um, for the people that did it global. That I think for people that were in China because it didn't yeah. spread, so it was about ten percent death rate for people that got it in China. Uh, and like the global death rate for COVID right now is like two three percent. So it's a right. lot. So it spreads a lot more, but it's <laughs> not as deadly as the original SARS virus is. So Excellent. I will say that, you know, this virus is not a hoax. <laughs> People okay. are saying that it's like, you know, oh, this is fi- this is a result of 5G poisoning. That's bullshit. It's- it doesn't have anything to do. With- it doesn't have anything okay. to do with 5G. Could 5G be making this as your immune system is a little bit weaker? That is possible. But the SARS vi- like this virus is not caused by 5G. Let's go ahead and get that out of the paint. Okay. What this virus is, though, is It's the respiratory virus, like the original SARS virus. So that's why a lot of the symptoms present as the flu, because you have a lot of the same things and a lot of the same symptoms that happen as a result of the flu. Uh, One of the main things is the cytokine storm that they were talking about, which essentially what happens is that it's an overreaction of your immune system to whatever pathogen is inside your body. Mm -hmm. So basically what happens is this virus has a lot of similar elements to the flu. Where the flu can disable your your um your immune system using a protein called hemagglutinin. Mm. So I will break that down for you. So hemoglobin, everybody knows hemoglobin is a component of red blood cells. Okay. So hemagglutinin is a protein that makes blood cells stick together. Mm. And so remember that you know your blood cells transport oxygen. So if your blood cells are stuck together, then your body cannot carry oxygen as well. So that's part of you know how people. You know, one of the symptoms that they do is that they take, they look, they do pulse ox. They, they look at the saturation of O2 in your blood. And if it's low, then it's supposed to indicate that that's a, that's a, a, a marker of infection because mm-hmm. those blood cells sticking together means that your, that your oxygen saturation is going to go down inside of your blood. So that combined with the fact that, you know, everybody's talking about the spike glycoprotein. So essentially what this virus does, it has a protein that's spike gp that embeds into your cells and when that happens you have to remember that despite this this glycoprotein we have proteins in our body too so we also have enzymes in your body that can cut up different proteins so like the flu the flu has a has a, a cleavage site on hemagglutinin that once it gets into your blood it chops off this this molecule Called NAGALASE and NAGALASE stands for n acetylgalactosaminidase I know that's a mouthful. You ain't gotta repeat it or nothing <laughs> like that, but right. just know that um, NAGALASE there's um, there's a factor in your body called um, math. So the math complex is what essentially turns on your macrophages, and your macrophages are the cells that come in and eat up all the foreign invaders that are in your body. So um, the GC math complex has a three. It has three sugars attached to the outside of it. Mm-hmm. So what nogulase does is it comes in and it cuts those sugars off. And if you cut those sugars off, then the GC component can't bind to it. And if the GC component can't bind to the MAF complex, the GC MAF complex can't form. Your macrophages never get turned on, and the virus just keeps replicating. So that's how it phase detection from your immune system. But that can only go on for so long until your immune system actually catches it. So when your immune system catches it, then the cytokine storm is what normally happens, where you have a lot of different um, inflammatory factors come in and they're basically signaling, like, hey, there's some stuff going on over here, and we need to clean this up. But what happens is the overreaction of your immune system because your immune system is basically like, Oh shit, where did all this come from? So it starts to bring in all these different factors, and then it actually starts to accumulate fluid in your lungs. And so that's why people end up it's basically like dry drowning. It's not quite the same thing, but it's you you basically, and that's where the secondary infections of um Pneumonia come from people don't actually die from the virus. It's a lot like HIV where people mm-hmm. actually die from the secondary complications of the virus. The virus don't kill nobody. The, the stuff that you get because of the virus is what's actually killing you. Um, so that's that's how it. Those two things are really similar. Hemagglutinin from the flu does this. It, it can stop GC math, and then the spike glycoprotein from um from COVID can also do the same thing when it embeds into your cells you have these pro- these enzymes come in, they'll recognize that cleavage site, it'll chop mm-hmm. that off, and then it'll send off another molecule that will then turn your immune system off, and then it can just start replicating. <clears throat> okay, so, that's, so that's, that's Yeah, so, I mean, if it is a bioweapon, <laughs> which I'm yeah. not gonna say one way or the other what it no. is, right. it's, you know, it's, as far as like spreading, you know, it does its job. And it, it look, because it looks like something else, it was a little bit harder to treat at first. Um, people thought it was just it was just the flu so um
0: right.
1: you know on on the global scale and you know just just as a pandemic like you know yeah because the way it spread is a pandemic but like as far as you know death rates and stuff like that mm, i'm not really buying it <laughs> that's just right. my opinion right, right um right. you know we could talk about that all day but
0: right um, subjectivity gets to that then
1: yeah. And, you know, people talk about, you know, like the long term effects. Well, it's like, man, if you look up some of the long term effects that's with this virus, a lot of them are with the flu, too. So, like, mm, you know, you're 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 coming down like you're you're running into the same problem. And the only thing that this virus is really exposed is how bad the U.S. healthcare system is. Like, it, <laughs> It's just really showed that, like, yeah. you know, we we just Sorry. can't sustain this many people going to the hospital. Mm. But the messed up thing about it is that a lot of these people don't need to go to the hospital if they were actually educating them you know, what vitamins and minerals they need to be taking, you know, just steps that they can do at home so that, you know, they can stay home and, you know, and that even stops the spread because you're not coming into contact with all these other people and spreading it. You in your house, you contain, everything is good. People would actually teach you like what to do at home, then you would be fine, but they don't do that. So that's why you're overburdening your healthcare system. And then you want to blame it on everybody else, not social distancing and not doing X, Y, Z, but it's like, the government and the health officials are also not giving people all the tools that they need to stay healthy and be healthy and stay out of the hospital. They're trying to right. get people to come in there in the hospital. versus getting them to stay home, which doesn't make any sense if you want people socially distancing. So, I mean, it is yeah, what
0: it is. And it's very interesting and kind of you broke down there and very thank you for it very in depthly. There's so many different elements that come into this, right? You have almost a political element, right? Whether you know when it originated at Wuhan in China. Um, you know, it's been known that whistleblowers and stuff were silenced from speaking about this mm-hmm. um, information. They did not, They did not share information with the World Health Organization. Um, they had a very, very slow response. And, you know, we can get to that, you know, endeavors about whether they're more transparent. Could this have been, you know, handled differently? But then again, just dealing with our own government, uh, you know, United States health care, which has been a problem for years and years and years and years, especially people within the black community knows that uh, maybe more than anyone else um, due to disparities. But just in general, just the logistical aspect. And so, getting to that point, right? What we're seeing is that you know, with this, um, you one thing you kept referencing often is the immune system, right? And what we're seeing is that they say the people what we're seeing people who are generally contracting, and mostly who do are that few percentage who unfortunately have a lethal re, you know, reaction to it. It's people who are generally either uh, overweight, obese, the elderly, or people with uh, previous you know health conditions, right? And I'm understanding is that as due to um, a weakened immune system makes them more susceptible to that. Then
1: Some of it is immune system, but also you have to take into account too. A lot of these people are taking, you know, three, four different medications, man. Mm. So like, that's the other thing that people are not talking about. Like people are not talking about like how, you know, these other comorbidities are working together with this virus. It's like the average American takes three different prescriptions. So you don't even know like what this virus is doing in conjunction with those uh, with those with those uh, medicines and so some of these yeah. some of these over the counter medicines that people take you know like Tylenol and ibuprofen and shit like that it actually depresses your immune system so if you've been That's eating so. Tylenol like candy for the past ten years yeah you are right. gonna get fucked up by this virus like it just is what it is like I mean it's a lot of it. it And it also exposes how bad the healthcare system is. It also exposes how bad Americans live too. So, like, (laughs) that's I think that's then that's really what's being highlighted is that Americans have horrible lifestyles. I'm not exempt from that. Like, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people out here that are not, you know, like you stressed out all the time, you know, you you on the go all the time, you're not really taking out the time that you need for yourself. And so, you know, you get caught slipping on the back end. It just so happened that it it just happened with this virus. It was gonna happen, it was gonna happen to the majority of these people anyway. The right. majority of people weren't probably weren't gonna die. They're probably gonna die a slow death, but you were still gonna die a, like a painful death at any point right, right. In time because like you're not taking care of yourself. Like this is right. what it is. So um, with this virus and and you know all the other comorbidities that come with it, man, it's like that's. I mean, if people were to actually like live better, start taking taking better care of themselves, like the mortality rate probably wouldn't even be as high as it is right now, and you probably wouldn't see as many of the long term uh, effects that people are seeing. Um. And it's, it's really just a consequence of people got to be more scientifically literate. They got to be more, you know, just biochemically literate and, mm-hmm. and know like what to do when these things come about. Because if it, if anything has been shown here, the government is not going to do what is in your best interest for you. Right. They're going to do what is in the best interest for them. Like whatever right. is going to make them more money, whatever is going to, you know, get them more power, that's what they're going to do. And they've shown that. So it's like, you know, I don't know how many times people got to see you know the 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 circus before you know they start getting the clowns up out of here Right, right right so
0: so to that point right i know right now just in terms of you know treatment and prevention right the main things we people trust is you know wearing masks social distancing um you know i know they try to have you know lockdowns to prevent you know shutdowns and stuff to prevent people from being in mass gatherings and stuff so initially like when you know the virus came out especially with the mask part right there was so much um Misinformation out there, back and forth, whether masks work or effective. I mean, I saw Dr. Fauci himself come on record and say wearing masks are not effective. Then later on, recanted that and said wearing masks is effective. Um, and then obviously, that's, you know, in America, it's become a political issue, at least. But just from a medical um, scientific aspect, right, Does, is wearing masks in, in six feet social distancing, is that truly, truly effective? Or is that based off a of theory right now?
1: Uh, so, on a micro scale, yes, it is effective because if you think about what the what the mask is designed to do, it's designed to block particles. So like, right. yeah, the mask is going to block X amount of particles that come out of your mouth. It's just not going to block all of them. So it is going to reduce some symptom risk of other people. But the problem is, is that if you're a healthy person, you don't need to wear a mask. Like masks are for sick people. Like if you are healthy, that mask should be blocking the particles that come out of this person's mouth anyway. So like, right. and if you're socially distancing, it's definitely not gonna not gonna get anywhere close to you. So these measures on the surface, yes, they are okay. The problem is, is that even if you wear a mask and you socially distance, if you come into contact with this virus and your immune system is garbage, you're gonna catch it. <laughs> like you're <laughs> gonna get sick. Like right. so, you can wear. You can wear every single mask on the planet. Like you can, you know, you can stay away from people for the rest of your life. But if you, you know, come into if you come into a space that has COVID in it, like if your immune system is garbage, you're probably gonna get it. <laughs> like, so that's all roads lead back to the immune system, man. Like, and it's funny because you know, people want to do everything but strengthen their immune system like everybody want to wear a mask everybody want to take a vaccine but it's like right. bro even the vaccine requires your immune system to be good if your immune system is garbage the vaccine's not going to work so like right. it's all roads lead back to strengthening your immune system like yeah the other stuff is is helpful to an extent but you also have to understand too that like this pandemic is making people money that they wouldn't normally make whether it's coming from masks, it's like mm-hmm. you know the disposable mass the mm-hmm. the um, theme masks. Um, then the vaccine, the the companies that's making the vaccine, they get uh, money. Hand, hand sanitizer companies, you yeah, right, like yeah. even the even the liquor companies are getting in on it because they converted oh, yeah, some of their money. stuff over cool. the hand sanitizer. So it's like everybody's out here scooping up money that wouldn't normally be here. So like for the people that are capitalists and have a financial stake in this, it's better for them for the pandemic to continue to go on versus you know, it we giving people the proper education to do what they need to do. Let me ask you a question about the hand sanitizer, because I've
0: heard interesting uh, views on this. So I've heard on one hand how in the long term, using a bunch of hand sanitizers can maybe lower your immune system because you're Mm -hmm. constantly putting like alcohol into your skin to kill virus and bacteria. Is that true or is that something that's kind of not
1: so what happens actually is, is that so you have a layer of oil that's out that's on the outside of your skin, uh, and alcohol is an organic solvent. So that alcohol can dissolve that oil, and it'll make your skin dry. And if your skin is dry, it's easy, it's more easy for it to be penetrated. So you can that's have true. other stuff get into your skin, um, or get into your body that wouldn't normally be able to get into it by constant hand sanitizer use because you're drying your hands out. On um, the other part of that too is that if you have uh, a company that's using that makes excuse me, that makes hand sanitizer and they don't and their stuff is not pure, whatever is dissolved in the hand sanitizer can actually penetrate your skin as well. So you have two things that you have to worry about with the manufacturing method for the hand sanitizer and then the actual solvents that they're using Um, being organic solvents because of that, they will strip the oil off of your skin. And, you know, your skin is your first line of defense. So like if your skin layer is weakened, then obviously it's going to be easier for microbes and pathogens to get in and do what they want to.
0: Okay, and, and so with that, right? I know. So with with COVID, so a lot of people, right, who feel like earlier this year, right, although it didn't hit U.S. officially till like March, right. Mm-hmm. So they say, a lot of people who felt like you know late December, early January, February, and personally, I was one of those people too got mad sick like earlier this year stuff like that right and especially all those people who felt like i had really flu-like symptoms and stuff i remember i even went to a doctor everyone knows me like i don't bang with a doctor so if i'm going mm-hmm. to a doctor, it's like honestly i feel like i'm about to die type right <laughs> <laughs> so you're know, actually went to the doctors and they couldn't really figure out what's wrong it's like oh it's like flu symptoms and so in general i know people who get covid right um from understanding you develop antibodies right mm-hmm. um so I guess we want to start leading to our next point. When we start getting to this uh, idea of vaccine, vaccination and vaccine, right? If you have previously developed COVID, right, and you have antibodies, do you, A, can you catch it again? And B, would you need a vaccine?
1: All right. So this is actually kind of a tricky question because- the original SARS virus, you what there? There's a paper I read. I have to dig it back up to see exactly what it was. But there's a paper I read like earlier this year where, because what I was trying to do was, whenever you have something like this that's unknown, but you have precedent for it, you tend to look at the precedent first. And we already do have precedent for what this virus does because right. you know we have another version of it. So with that one, they studied the innate immunity of people in China, I think it was like two or three years after they contracted the virus. And they found, I think it was like 50 or 60%, it may have been higher too, 50 or 60% of the people that had previously contracted the original SARS virus had lost their immunity to it within two to three years. Mm. So what they're saying in the timetable, what I've seen, you know, just loose information, I can't verify it, but loose information I've seen on on the internet is, you know, you lose immunity you know after a year or so. Uh, if you contract it naturally um so to me it doesn't make sense for somebody to get like if you got the the virus let's say you got the virus in March it doesn't make sense that you would then test positive for it again in like July or August like it's just you should still have enough immunity and you should still have the antibodies there to pick up you know hey all right this stuff is in here get it out of here and it's funny because you know people talk about you know all oh, this this might be a seasonal thing like the flu it's like okay well then why the hell are you giving people a vaccine for it making making them think that it's gonna stop it for life you know right, right and right, the right, average right. person you know even though the, the companies don't come out and say oh yeah this is a vaccine for life like the average person is thinking that they're like okay if i take this vaccine i'm good and that's not true <laughs> because right, right, right. that's why that's one of the reasons why for these mrna vaccines mm-hmm. you have to have multiple doses of it because your body degrades the mrna so fast that you may not even get a chance to build up the immunity to it. And the other problem with that is, is that, again, if your immune system is garbage, you are not going to form the antibodies that you need to then have your body recognize COVID when it's in your body. So, again, all roads lead back to Absolutely. your immune system. So okay. um, I think that a lot of the people that have, quote unquote, caught it twice. I think one time it was a false positive And I think that the other time may have actually been true because the PCR tests are not 100 percent accurate. They are guesses. They are good guesses, but mm-hmm. they are still guesses at the end of the day. And um, the original pioneer of the technique that, that came up with the, the PCR technique, um, Kerry Mullis, he he's got several interviews out there where he's like, you know, this is not the technique that you need to be using to quantify mm-hmm. whether or not a virus, like live viruses in somebody's body. Like, it's just not the correct technique to use. Since then, um, they have come up with real-time PCR, which is what this test is, which is supposed to be a little bit more accurate than the regular PCR, but mm-hmm. it still does account for a lot of false positives, and there have been several articles that came out about, you know, the way that these PCR tests are done, you can get a false positive from and it's fairly right. easy to get a false positive from it, so you got to be really careful about, you know, that's why the, that's why the asymptomatic spread is bullshit, like... Okay, sir. okay, it's asympt- Asymptomatic spread is not a thing... Okay. Fauci came out and said it at the beginning of the pandemic. Then he that he ended up right. having to backtrack because people in his pocket. But asymptomatic spread is not a thing, so to clarify.
0: Because- so to Go clarify ahead. that, you mean in terms of, so people like you said asymptomatic, where you don't have any symptoms and stuff, right? But you supposedly test a positive for it. They're saying that those people, right, are not contagious, and or those people are not the one that are spreading the virus. Is that you mean by that.
1: Right. The asymptomatic spread, like the dry and Fauci said it has even said, been on record saying that asymptomatic spread is not the main driver of contagion during a pandemic. Okay. There's no way it can be like if you if you're not presenting any symptoms, how are you getting other people sick? Like that doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah, right, right, the virus right. may have an incubation period of X, Y, Z. But if this virus is as virulent and as bad as y'all say it is, why is it taking your immune system this long? to even pick it up or for you to even start showing symptoms like yeah right. there are elements of the virus that can that can fade detection but when you have the flu you know you've got the flu right
0: right right it's right, the right. same thing okay.
1: it's the same thing with this virus so it's just like you know a lot of the spread is coming from people that know that they're infected but they still go do what the fuck they want to anyway yeah. that's the problem the problem people. is not asymptomatic it's spread. people it's, people. it's people. people that know that they're mm-hmm. infected but they still mm-hmm. go do whatever and you know that that's the irresponsible part is and that's where people are talking about and that's why they try to blame it on people that are not staying home but it's like if you're healthy you don't have to stay home but if you're not healthy and you know you're not healthy you are being irresponsible by going out and knowing how virulent this virus is and then going out and coming into contact with other people stay home get it resolved and then you can go out and do whatever you want to a couple weeks later you'll be fine it's just like I think it was a couple of weeks ago where, um, uh, I guess, a guy died on a flight because of the virus, and his wife told the people that it's like he yeah. knew he had the virus before he got on the plane right, and it's right, stuff right. like that. It's not people not yeah, wearing, okay. not people not not socially distancing. It's people knowing that they're infected and still doing what they want to anyway.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to say that because I know at one point I know somebody, I know of and Not to say their name, but they want to go a trip to Puerto Rico. Right, just about a couple months ago. And so to go obviously out the country, you need to have a negative uh, COVID test, right? Even though Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but out the country, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically, you know, the COVID test results may take sometime up to two weeks to get results on it. So they really want to go. So apparently, they had some plug for someone who could forge medical uh, records. So they forged a medical record that said that they were cool, right? They had negative tests. Mm-hmm. Fly to Puerto Rico. They get to Puerto Rico. Kind of find out there they all actually have COVID. Actually, call them. So, but they decided to leave? No, but they're like, hey, we're in Puerto Rico. We're we going to stay in. So they went out and everything like that in Puerto Rico and then came back to the United States. And it's people like that because we're the first people to blame like Trump and government for like the fact, like stuff messing up. It's like, okay, but it's like, what you out here like doing you like, uh-huh. no, let's down. Like that's, it's people. And that's one thing I try to, uh, I try to stress is like, you know, even with a new administration coming in, it's like, yeah, we can argue all day about whether what, what was the federal response to this. And, and honestly, I look around the world globally everybody pummeled a bag on this there's not mm-hmm. one single government that that had a, a good grip on this and handle this stuff I mean, we can look at and, and we we love to compare countries that have like a population of 2 million to the population of us with 3 to 30 million and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. those elements so like people is obviously obviously going to be the, a big factor how something stops and goes because it's like like you said you know if you're healthy then yeah you know what i mean you you're you're not at risk of going out and, and being around people and stuff like that but it's like you know and i know people who know they're sick they know they have covid Right. But they're like, well, they may personally like live by themselves, right? Especially younger people may like live by themselves, live with younger people. So let everybody be sick. But like in their general home setting, you're like, All right, I'm cool because I know they're not going to get sick or harm someone else. So it's a selfish mentality and stuff. Um, it's American mentality at times. to be kind of invincible. Mm-hmm. A lot of things as well. And just ignore often. Um, even for the, the mask part is very interesting how, you know, I understand, you know, it's, it's annoying wearing a mask and stuff and everything in different settings. But I see it as something that's happened around literally the world, entire world is doing this. I mean, if, if COVID was happening just in America, I'd be all in on that. I'd be like, I bet, yeah, this a overstep of boundaries, X, Y, and Z. And I'm, I'm a firm believer two things can occur at the same time. How you can say, yes, this mask mandate and stuff. And yeah, I, I actually agree, maybe over a step of political uh, of boundary stuff, right? And at the same time, you may argue, well, wearing mask could also reduce uh, transmission of COVID potentially too. So it's like two things can occur at the same time. And so as I transition here to that vaccine point, right? Um so in general with vaccines right and before we even get into like the whole you know everybody has their pros and cons and how they feel about vaccines but in generally speaking how long do vaccines typically get tested uh on a certain virus or something like that before it gets released to the general public and then two huh. um and as a follow question going that as well is this being rushed to the people this covid vaccine um and what's and 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 also and a lot of people are skeptical of it what is the effective time frame that people may feel comfortable about seeing this out before they decide, okay, I'll go get vaccinated or not.
1: So, um, typical vaccination, as far as like being approved, like FDA approved, I think it's like three to five years. It might be a little bit longer, depending. Yeah, on, that's what, was know, what it I was thinking. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and they came up with this virus within what, or this vaccine within what, like 12 let's to hear. 15 months? Yeah, let's say almost, yeah. Hear them. But okay, so this is this is the trick bag that they try to put people in. And they try to say, "Oh, well, you got all these scientists around the world that are working on." It's like, okay, well, all these scientists around the world told you that ivermectin works. Some of them told you that hydroxy- hydroxychloroquine works, and there's evidence that it works. And y'all ain't using that. Everybody else is saying that this is a that this is a, a false cure because some dummy ingested fishbowl cleaner that had H C Q in. It. But it's like that's not H C Q. It's got H C Q plus a bunch of other shit in it. Like that's not. Right. That doesn't condemn the treatment itself, but see, that's how the media uses little. That's how the media paints narratives to get you to do what they want you to do. And with this, with this vaccine, everything has been, you know, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay inside, wait for the vaccine. Okay, so the thing about the vaccine is, is that so you got two vaccines that are on the market right now. Um, both one of them from Pfizer and one of them is from um Moderna. There's two big companies working with one working with another small company, it's Pfizer and Merck, and I'm not sure which one is working with with the other small company. But those okay. two companies got their hands in them. Right. So both of them are mRNA vaccines, <clears throat> which are different from traditional vaccines that we use because these excuse me these mRNA vaccines basically what they do is they you you're injecting a code. Into your body that your body can read and make whatever is inside of that code so brief biology lesson so inside of your body obviously you have DNA, but you also have RNA <clears throat> DNA is the code for all the proteins that are supposed to be made inside of your body. So when it's time for those proteins to be made, you have enzymes that come in and create RNA. RNA is then sent to your ribosomes and it is read by your ribosomes and the ribosomes actually spit the protein out. These two steps are called transcription and translation where the protein code is transcribed into the RNA and it is translated by the ribosome into a protein. So what happens with the mRNA vaccine is they inject the the preformed mRNA so they bypass the transcription step. You don't have to worry about anything that's coming from your DNA that RNA gets shuttled directly to your ribosomes which translate into what the what the code is primed for so the specific code that this mRNA um, that these mRNA vaccines encode for is the spike glycoprotein so what happens is it gets into your cells the ribosomes read it and it expresses the protein on the outside of your cells so what happens is then your body recognizes it and starts to create antibodies to kill it so again like i was saying earlier the problem with this vaccine is that mrna is actually degraded really fast inside of your body which is why you have to take two shots well for most of me i think for one of them you have you have to take two shots one of them is an initial shot and the second one is a booster shot so it's there because if the mrna gets degraded too fast you won't build immunity to it also if your immune system is weak you won't build immunity to it so you have to have that second shot to basically make sure that you have enough antibodies, or you can or you can create the antibodies that you need in order to fight the infection off if you actually get it. So, um, with these vaccines, again, they're still going through your immune system because they even tell you what like conventional vaccines that you take. That if you're immunocompromised, you're not supposed to take them because the vaccine can the vaccine itself can induce sickness in your body, and it's, it may be something that you may not that you're not able to recover from. Plus the other part that is getting vaccine injury. Everybody knows about, you know, vac- vaccine injuries and, you know, things that can happen as a result of vaccination. And the scary thing about this vaccine is that it is rushed. And, and again, the trick that they try to put everybody in is that, oh, you got all these scientists that have been working on it for the past year. OK, you got scientists that work on vaccines every single day and they don't get authorized for emergency use by the fda every day you know like like more research needs there is no long-term research out there on what mrna vaccines do long-term there's no long-term research on it. you have the short-term research on it and even the short-term research it's not like the side effects you don't want them (laughs) especially when you know there's there's you know you can get autoimmune disorders from from this vaccine you know and and they're not publicizing this but it's like You know, they try to make it seem like the vaccine is the only way that you actually go out and integrate into society. And this is the thing. This is the political part of it. And again, this is the next trick bag they're going to put people in. The government's not going to mandate vaccines for everybody. It can't. There's no way you can't. The the federal government cannot override states' rights like that. All it takes is for one state to say no, and then the rest of them can say no, because they know that the federal government can't override state sovereignty. So what's going to happen is they're going to get the corporations to do their dirty work. You're going to have to have a vaccine to go back to work. You have mm-hmm. to have a vaccine to get on a flight. You have to have a vaccine to go to a concert. You have to have a vaccine to go into mm-hmm. any kind of public space where there's a bunch of people gathering at. And if you mm-hmm. don't have a vaccine, then they have the right to refuse to let you in. The good thing about it is now is that these vaccines are not FDA approved. They are authorized for emergency use. That is two totally different things. So you mm-hmm. can't opt out of taking the vaccine with no penalty at this point. And that is the good thing about it being rushed because people don't have to take the vaccine if they don't want to. But as, as this wears on and there's more data that comes out and they do start to feel comfortable with letting people or with giving people the vaccine and then um, mandating stuff afterwards, then you're going to have to have your vaccine papers in order. (laughs) Basically either I got the vaccine or I'm not taking the vaccine and this is my exemption because of it. So if you don't want to take the vaccine, go ahead and start getting papers in order. Now, if you want to take the vaccine, hey, knock yourself out. I'm not telling you to take it one way or the other. Only thing I'm saying is, as a scientist, I'm not taking it because, A, it has to go through your immune system anyway. So I would just rather strengthen my immune system, if anything, and then, B, there's no long-term data on what this stuff is going to do to you long-term. So I would rather wait and just and take my chances <laughs> at this right, point point, right, make the right. strongest immune system win because that's what it is anyway. So right. I just rather focus on that than anything else.
0: Right. And I think it's, it's very important. Thank you for breaking it down like that. Because that's one thing I was you know, intrigued. And a lot of people, you know, you want vaccines. It's been interesting to see what this COVID vaccine, right? Because you know, people who are quote unquote pro-vaxxers or anti-vaxxers, or maybe, right? But one generalization I like to call on the Venn diagram coming together, right? Mm-hmm. If people have skepticism towards the vaccine, even people I know who are straight up, like, yeah, vaccines are safe, healthier. Like even my brother, for example, he's more uh, on that side but he's like well i don't know i'm going take it right away i mean it just came out Even my mom's on that type of time mm-hmm. so I'd it's interesting to see how people who typically are all do trust the government think everything's all you know great and stuff like that <laughs> uh they will never harm us but you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're having their skepticism to this and i was going to ask that right in the science community about how it's very interesting how politics plays in this in the media and how you have such um, contrasting views on certain things and certain treatments, saying, oh, like the high hydrochloricide, and like how some people say, oh, that's cool and use it. And some, you know, Trump administration people were pushing it. The doctor's come out, like, oh, no, you can't use that, right? And then just how everything is talked about in news and media, right? And it's very interesting to see, um, like, for example, you could say that in America, we have over you know, 200,000 plus people have diving code. And that's unfortunate, right? But if I said, well, only 4%. Of our country had to have COVID. It doesn't hit the same because mm-hmm. we have 30, thirty million people, and sometimes we we don't take it to account. Uh, again, we 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 look at other countries and what's going on there, but we never look at their numbers. We also don't look at the political structure. We, we have a democratic system here in some countries where it's communism, where it's dictatorships, it's totalitarian. It's easy to tell people stay inside or you mm-hmm. die. I mean, there is no like <laughs> there's no choice here. It. Right. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? It's like you know, we, we we forget about that piece. We're Like, oh, we like I saw Reese like in Canada. I saw a picture, like people like they busted down some house because they had a gathering or six plus people there or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you think that's what people act like they think it's happening here. Like, well, no, that's actually not going down here, but y'all sometimes we cap it. I think we American privilege at the time we kind of just it, it, using apple to oranges and false equivalencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we compare this, and of course, I think with this country, and the media and the political spectrum, how it's kind of was very divided, and people already living in a sense of chaos as it is with the social, the social um, justice element happening earlier in the years like that. Then throw a pandemic and an election year. I mean, it's just like a perfect recipe for just confusing it and and, and, uh, and chicken and chickens running with the heads cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in general, right, we as we come to uh, you know, kind of wrapping up things up here a little bit soon. So, again, COVID for now is not going anywhere right away because people are still, you know, we're here, we're still trying to deal with this stuff like that, right? And as much as I think that it's almost a, a disservice to the people, could we talk about masks? We can talk about social distancing stuff, right? But as you alluded to, right, even a vaccine, oh, it don't matter if your immune system's messed up, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some things that Africans can do to try to help uh, improve or better their immune system and stuff?
1: Um, one thing, get out the house. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy to me, like how they want people to stay in the house so bad. And it's like the, the vitamin, so vitamin D serum concentrations are inversely proportional to the number or to severity, severity of COVID cases. The higher your vitamin D serum level is the lower the incidence incidence of the quote unquote bad reaction to COVID. Whereas if you have low serum vitamin D, then it's more likely that you had a bad symptom. So First thing, get out the house. (laughs) Like, don't be sitting up here, you know, sitting in front of TV all day, all doom and gloom. Get out the house, take a walk, you know. And don't walk out. The one thing that I hate when I'm outside is seeing people walk outside with masks on and there's nobody around. Like, bro, and that's
0: that's
1: how you know that like people just lose all common sense when they're scared, and it's just like they're just doing whatever they see on TV. And it's like, man, y'all don't even step back to think that. The mask itself, again, is for sick people. It's not for healthy people. And if you're healthy, why the hell are you wearing a mask outside? And it's like, do you not realize how many different other particles you're breathing in, especially with like the wind blowing, cars moving? Like, do you really think that you're going to catch COVID from somebody across the street coughing? Like, come on, man. (laughs) Like, y'all got to use some kind of common sense at some point. So get out the house. That's the best way for you to get vitamin D. That's the natural way that your body synthesizes vitamin D. Um, vitamin c and zinc man those are your those are your big antivirals they're your big antiviral vitamins and minerals magnesium as well vitamin a like all of these things prevent oxidative stress they prevent inflammation they're antiviral inside your body and they support the natural mechanisms that you have for your immune system to kill these things on your own you have to understand it like your immune system while it's not perfect is pretty close to it like it's almost like a bridge like nobody builds a bridge expecting for it to collapse but your bridge does need periodic maintenance so that the cars can keep going back and forth over right. it so that it doesn't collapse. So everything is built to withstand whatever's in the environment but you do have to have support for it from time to time especially when you encounter something that's different. So the only thing you really need to be doing is, you know, supporting your immune system, make sure you're getting your vitamins, make sure you're getting outside, make sure you're getting, you know, just some kind of activity, you know, a lot of things what's really getting people is that you got all these people sitting inside watching the news 24 seven, they don't go outside, you know, they're not eating nutritious food. A lot of people are just, you know, ordering, you know, from wherever, you know, nobody's really taking the time out to like cook and, and, you know, make nutritious meals from themselves. They're just picking up hyper-processed garbage. And so it's right. like, well, you, you're basically creating the breeding ground for COVID man. Like right, Like, right, right, right. like y'all sitting in here, And people don't realize that, like, fear as a vibration lowers your immune response. Like, so when you're sitting there, you know, watching the news every five minutes, whether or not it's the election or, you know, the pandemic or, you know, stuff going on with the stock market or, you know, the eventual dollar crash, like, there's so many things going on right now. And if you're sitting there taking the stuff in 24-7, you're naturally going to be less, you're naturally going to be more susceptible to the virus than anybody else is you know fear is gonna kill you faster than the virus does so like that's you know just arm yourself with the correct information ask the correct questions and at bare minimum strengthen your immune system there's a lot of stuff out there a lot of a lot of um a lot of good info out there on there on on you know strengthening your immune system so you just really just get get those bars man and just don't stay in the house man get up out the house and still live man like that don't mean you got to go around a bunch of people but just right. don't stay in the house all the time. Like, get out, take a walk, you know, just be out in the fresh air, get you some sunlight. Like, that's what you need to be doing right now.
0: Right. And I and, and appreciate that. And I think it's all very good for us to understand. It's like, yo, know, there are some things we can do. Like, sometimes we act like you know, it's just a, a death sentence. It's like, all right, we just have to stay in the house and just wait it out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, you can be proactive. And do things in the meantime, like you said, that vitamin C and that zinc and you these minerals and things and and stuff in general that can help improve your immune system so you don't get sick as a whole. Because yeah, COVID's gonna eventually move on at some point in terms of this, uh where we're at, but you're always susceptible to being sick still. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very interesting. You have people who are, you know, maybe morbidly obese or always health risk, and yelling at someone else, where just wear your mask. And it's like, Wow, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, but that's but we also have other elements we need to reach on. And mm-hmm. And communication, because like you said, that fear part, I think is really big because I think a lot of people in life live in fear, right? Like you said, whether it's constantly watching the news, election, the social justice stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. pandemic, all those elements. And especially when you're already susceptible to just being misled as a whole, then yeah, like, yeah, it lowers your immune system and stuff like that. Yeah, you're probably definitely going to sick. You're sitting worrying all day about, oh, I'm scared I'm going to get COVID. You gonna get COVID. I mean, it's almost unfortunately the human psychology and mm-hmm. kind of the chemistry, like you said, right? How everything all comes together and all these parts are being used and understanding that element, right? Because understand for this virus, you understand science, we understand mathematics, right? You understand um, psychology of human, um, you know, coming together and stuff. So it's very interesting how that's all uh, 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 being used. So man, if you have any last words or anything like that you want to say, man, which anything else you want to tell us the people at all about, just in general about yourself, COVID moving forward, any endeavors you got going on, you want to talk about.
1: Hey man, um, as far as COVID goes, just like just stay short, man. Stay short, and you know, question everything. That's all you can really do, uh, cause it's a lot of stuff that's been revealed that's not what you think it is. It's just really setting you up for something else that's gonna happen down the line. So y'all just be aware of that. Um, I don't really have anything else going on right now. Um, like I said, I'm in the lab basically 24 seven. Got some papers that we getting ready to publish from our lab. Sure um and that's really all i'm focused on right now but i am back on twitter so you know if people want to follow me on twitter uh you can follow me at dr underscore tj ricks um that's I'm, I'm a little bit more active on there now uh i still take my little sabbaticals from from you know from the timeline every now and then because it's still wild shit going on out there <laughs> right? that's a fact um but yeah no that's that's basically where you can find me at
0: Okay, cool. Well, TJ, man, tonight, we definitely appreciate you tuning, tuning in with me today, man, having this conversation. I want us to, to talk to someone about this who understands all the elements, but also can be objective. Because in science, you got to be objective, all right? There's no time for
1: you subjectivity. Um, you really do. And the fun- that's the funny thing about the whole belief science movement is that, like, they're almost turning it into a religion where like, you just have to believe everything that's on the TV, but it's like for every one scientist on the TV that's telling you that this is serious. You have to do X, Y, Z. You got another scientist over saying like, Hey, we use this treatment and we got this out of here within like a week. Like what are y'all right. waiting You know? <laughs> right, so it's right, like right. science, science as a discipline is not static. It's dynamic. It's always changing. So like you can't say believe science because there are things that we thought you know, ten years were true. Ten years ago, were true that we now know because we have better equipment. We have mm-hmm. you know more sophisticated instrumentation that we know is not true anymore. We know it's right. an artifact now because if you put it in a different, if you put it in a different medium or in a different context, it does something different. Right. So you know, we can't you can't sit here and say believe science, knowing that the nature of science itself is questioning everything. So that doesn't right, make right. sense for those Very two true. things to exist in the same space. So,
0: so definitely question everything, man. Be objective. Uh, think for yourself. And be smart, make common sense, and don't get caught with emotions. (laughs) All right, man, appreciate you tuning in today, checking in with me. And as usual, stay tuned, stay hip, stay connected.